You're listening to the Hardcore Honeys Podcast, starring your hosts, the snarky, the sassy, and the pretty Jade Auxiliary Things Johnson, the all-knowing, the all-wise Shay Vassar, and the man in the middle, Mr. TJ. And here's the show. What up, what up, what up, what up, honeys and hunks. We got a new episode blasting through the speakers this week. So, Jade, Shay, how are you guys doing this week? You guys been enjoying some basketball with it all? All week long. Yeah, all week. How many games do you average a day? Do you try to catch at least one or are you hitting up a couple different ones? There's been some days I've watched a little bit of all four. Mm-hmm. But I most days I find myself at least watching two full games. Two full games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same here. I'm also realized actually just this morning that all the series I'm interested in are played on the same day. And the series I'm much less interested in, like, are all today. <laughs> Except for the Lakers Blazers. So it's a lot more one day and less the off day, but I would say average two full games, sometimes three. Two full games, sometimes three. Okay, yeah, my since my work schedule is always like from 8.30 to 5.30 at night, 6 o'clock, I kind of miss a good chunk of those games, so I try to catch it all, but thank God for Bleacher Report and everything, I can, and then following all the interesting stuff on Instagram is keeping me up to date. Okay, cool. Looks like we've been getting our steady doses of the b-ball. So uh, this week, our topic is going to be just kind of uh, overview with just this first week of playoffs coming back to us. So we're going to talk about there's some big injuries that are going to be involved with it. We're going to talk about um, just overall our team surprising us or they proving us right, letting us down. And then there's some other big news outside of the bubble for some teams and for some individuals right now. We're going to save that a little bit later to so we can build up some tension and some excitement for a little bit later. And then just as always, we got the old banter that we all love and we've grown to appreciate. Okay, so first of all, from the matchups and just takeaways. So we're just going to go by each matchup with it all. So Portland and uh, Lakers. Jade, what's your, after just one week of playing, what's your takeaway right now with the squad, with both teams? So when we did our predictions, I said I had a really hard time picking either the Blazers or the Lakers, and I don't feel any different after the first couple of games. I still feel like it could go either way, Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Blazers upset the Lakers this year. Like, it just... It wouldn't, like, literally either way, it still would not surprise me which way the series is going to go. I can't pick. Is it Portland playing with more heart, or is it just Portland's got more talent around? More balanced talent, I should say. I think it's a combination. Like, we talk all the time about how those cookie-cutter superstar teams, you throw them together... And they expect them to work the first year. And there's no real substantive evidence to support that idea in the history of basketball. So you've already got a Trailblazers team that, you know, you've had Dame and CJ there for a while. They're a consistent core in that team. And honestly, I just don't think anybody wants it more than Dame this year. And I think the way that the Lakers have performed, I think Dame smells blood. 
Shay, do you agree with Jade with the wouldn't be surprised of Portland winning it all or a little bit hold your horses on that? I still say, well, my shirt has horses on it. I know no one can see that, but so I just, <laughs> I, I like that, that you said that. Anyway, back to the, the theme of basketball. I do think that Portland has more heart, but that second game was so boring because it was such a blowout and it looked like Portland was just asleep. And if that happens again, the Lakers, that's when their pride takes a hold of them and they get too much confidence because the way that they were even celebrating in the third quarter, whenever someone would go back to the bench was like, they thought that they had already won it despite it only being the third quarter, despite it only being the second game. It was like, they won that whole series so pride is where the lakers get confidence so portland needs to keep that heart because they are i think the more talented team and they also work together better but that second game was that was sad that was a rough one yeah Um, i got a couple more things about portland in a little bit but i'm gonna hold back on that um so next matchup i want to do so this is gonna i'm start with you shay since it's gonna be okc rockets what's going on with okc I don't want to talk about it. No, okay, listen. You have to. I know, because (laughs) the thing that sucks the most is the fact that I don't recognize the team that's out there. Because they don't look like the team that was underestimated during the season, that made it to the fifth spot. You know, they were somewhere between fourth, fifth, and sixth through most of the season. They just don't look like the team I know at all. So it's painful games to watch. So painful. I mean... The last game, it was just, they should have won that. They were overall the better team. Their numbers were better. Their shooting was better. Harden was completely off. Yet, about second, the second part of the third quarter, all of a sudden, it got sloppy. They weren't making any good plays, any good passes. The amount of ISO that was just going on was ridiculous. And I wanted to turn it off because I I expect better of them. And... I know that home court advantage isn't like really a thing in the bubble, but I'm really hoping that today's game, which obviously everyone's going to be hearing this afterwards, so I might sound like a big idiot. But, you know, I I have a feeling today's game, they're going to get it a little bit more together. And, uh, you know, I still have hope. I still have hope, but they definitely need to get their, their act together. I mean, the honeys and hunks know that we record on a Saturday before before it drops. So right. there's going to, of course, there's going to be some new updated stuff. But the fans can deal. Uh, <laughs> you can laugh at how ridiculous I sound if it ends up not being true. And then you can be like, wow, she's really smart yeah. when it turns oh, out. Yeah, exactly. Tweet us out. if Tweet out Shay. Personally call her out with it. <laughs> okay. But what about when Russell comes back? Do they we know when that's with, happening? I thought it was he was going to be coming back third or fourth game. Well, I don't remember seeing a timeline. Okay. Yeah, I think that was what was speculated, but I mean, I don't think there's any... Oh yeah, 20 hours ago, it said that he will sit out this game for three. So, I mean, even if he comes back four, if OKC can figure out their rhythm today, they they can still beat a Westbrook team. But if they don't figure it out, they are going to, they're just really screwing themselves. They're really screwing themselves. But, you know, I still have hope. Jade, are you surprised with Houston being up to nothing? I would like to say I am, but I'm not. 
<laughs> and it doesn't have anything to do with me, any kind of feelings about OKC. Everybody that listens knows I have no love for Houston. But I've been a fan like Shay of the Raptors, their first kind of playoff pushes with a fairly new unit not that long ago. And everything she was saying, I'm like, yep, I remember feeling that way. I remember watching them play in the playoffs and be like, this is not my team. Who are these guys? This is not the team that played in the regular season. This is not the plays they would usually run. And they got their butts whooped in the playoffs when we all knew they were a better team than that. And it comes down to that thing again that I always say, that playoff basketball is different. It requires experience as a unit in the playoffs. So for teams like OKC, Dallas, teams that are up and coming, teams that have young players that are providing a bulk of their production, it doesn't surprise me when this happens. It hurts me a little bit because I would much rather see OKC beat Houston. But objectively, it's not something that surprises. I feel like Houston's either you love them or you hate them, team. Like, there's no, like, three-star. It's either five-star or one-star. There's no three-star. There's no no indifference when it comes to Houston. Like, there's no, oh, yeah, they're a team in the league. No, it's it's one side or the other. There's no offense. Definitely. Okay, and then we're going with that. One of the other Western Conference matchups, we got Denver and Utah. So, Utah... Who is the sixth seed? Denver third seed is up. Utah's up two to one on Denver. Jade, are you surprised with this from Utah? Or was this something like, okay, no, this was totally obtainable for them? I think it was obtainable, but I don't think I was convinced it was actually going to happen. It was one of those things where I'm like, this is possible, but they're going to have to actually show it. Like, I wouldn't have put money on it beforehand, but it doesn't surprise me either because I've been saying all along there's something about Denver and it's one of those intangible things I couldn't break it down for you in numbers I couldn't tell you which player it is but there's there's a piece of that recipe missing it's like food with not quite enough salt there's something missing from that team and I think that I think that blowout uh yesterday kind of illustrated that pretty well well, you want to know what they're missing? What are they missing? I think we all know. They need some more bull bull action out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need some bull bull out there. Match right. It's the three. rookie in the playoffs that's going to make the difference. That's oh, that's you how know it, it You know it. That bull bull is going <laughs> to be. He's going to channel his dad with that one. Um, so I'll just go to the matchup for you, Shay. Um, so the person that's been leading the way for Utah is donovan mitchell with it all are you surprised with this or is it a more about about damn time no i i think it's it's about time that we saw because i've always liked donovan mitchell despite my feelings about utah i've always said i would like for him to leave so that i can support him at a different team but right don't get me wrong i uh, i like the fact that he is having this this really impressive playoff run i think him what was it, 57 in game one? I think that is ridiculous. And that was the game that they lost. So it's <laughs> rough. I know. It's, it's again, it's like the Suns winning all eight seeding games and not making the playoffs. It's like Donovan Mitchell scoring 57 and losing the game. It just happens. But at the same time, I, I think it, it showed that this is a pretty good matchup. And I've actually been pretty interested in these 
because I, I kind of did underestimate Utah. So turning on the, the end of the, the matches has been nice to see where they are. And I think uh, now I'm thinking that it could go to six or seven with this just because both teams do have those elements. Uh, and yeah, I, I didn't think Utah would be where it is. But yeah, Donovan Mitchell's the reason why. Well, I'm just surprised with it because Utah doesn't have Mike Connolly, and then they don't have their second leading scorer in um, Bogdanovich. He's right. out for the entire playoffs. So Utah, I think, is playing way out of their league. I did think Denver would be handling them a little bit better. I'm a little disappointed with Denver with that. Okay, so we'll do last Western Conference matchup, the matchup that us three, we were all live chatting with each other, um, live messaging. So we got Clippers, Dallas, Shea, are the Clippers finally waking up with it? Or is it still their coast mode and like that win last night was primarily Kawhi? That win last night was primarily Kawhi. And the fact that, you know, we had our our friend, oh my gosh, Luca. For some reason, I couldn't think of his name. But Luca, that whole like ankle thing that went on and then him leaving and coming back and trying to play again and then leaving again I just oh I felt for him but it's just the Clippers still look so bad I liked when Luca called out Harold for flopping oh that was so great I I liked how Luca like it wasn't like just like a young guy trying to act tough no it was just like no this is a man right now getting in another guy's face a man's face right there it was such a flop I mean, when they oh, did yeah. the replay and you saw it, you're like, oh, yeah, no, he barely touched him. And he just to try oh, to get that. Exactly. And it, I like the use of the words big man, like right? stop flopping big man. That was just like, OK, it's on now. That was yeah, I was I was happy to see that intensity from Luca. Jade, if it wasn't for Kawhi last night, what kind of situation would the Clippers kind of be in right now? I think even having lost Luka, they might have dropped that game if Kawhi had not shown up. I was laughing. Uh, the TNT guys went in on Paul George at halftime. And I laughed, but then I was thinking about it, and I'm like, damn, they're right. Like, he mm-hmm. has, he's not showing up again. And Kawhi defended him a bit after that game. And, yeah, players have bad games, but how long are you going to defend the guy and say – and call- in playoff like to have playoff in your nickname you have to show up in the playoffs right like (laughs) playoff powell for norman powell's called playoff powell in toronto but it works because he can mess up all during the regular season and he always shows up in the playoffs even if we wanted to like trade him for his stupid decisions during the regular season the playoff part fits because somehow he manages to show up and i'm not seeing that from Paul George. I guess for Powell, I mean, when you're on a perennial playoff team, finals team, you can kind of almost have that bad off or regular season as long as, like, by the time you're in the playoffs, you're able to ball out. Right. So, and, but, I uh, mean, PG as a supposed superstar, all-star, like, he's supposed to be on a higher level than Norman. Like, mm-hmm. quite a bit higher. I liked how Charles Barkley said, they don't call me champion chick, Chip Chuck. I haven't won it. Yeah. That yeah. God, I love I love that crew. That TNT crew is just They're too so much. Good. Just a bunch of goobers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then one last thing. So I've seen Porzingis. He's been getting heated, which has been nice because he's shown emotion. But Jade, we were kind of talking about it last night. Yeah. Is this heated 
attitude, is this kind of hindering him right now? Because he doesn't seem to know how to control that heat. Yeah, and I, I totally think that it is. And so it's kind of two sides. I'm happy to see that. I'm happy to see that grit. I'm happy to see the attitude. I think all the great players have that. But they don't let it get them into foul trouble. They don't let them get, let them get text over it. The great players, when they get text, it's on purpose. They know they're about to get a text. They made that decision that they need to have their say. And if it results in a text, so be it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's there yet. And I, if somebody needs to, like, this is the kind of situation where when I think of Dallas's lineup, I think the last piece they need to really be a threat is some veteran mm-hmm. who can teach them that stuff. Because the lineup is super talented, but there's nobody on it that I look at and go, that's the guy that can teach Kristaps how to use that extra energy. And instead of getting in foul trouble, you use it during the game. So I think if they add a piece like that this offseason, it's going to just be kind of the last element they need to really be a problem next year. I mean, when you're one like real veteran, as much as I love the Dallas version of this player, J.J. Brea is your lead veteran player, which yeah. like I said, I love J.J. Brea on the Dallas Mavericks, but like he's not the locker room presence that I feel like you need as a veteran for that team. So Right. Okay, so we broke down the Western Conference real quick for it. I mean, kind of quick. I mean, we knocked out some good minutes on that one. Um, so we'll switch over to the Eastern Conference. Uh, so we'll just start off that Milwaukee-Orlando. So Orlando was able to snag that first win. Um, Shay, how much of a fluke was that? I will admit I didn't watch the game because that was what we predicted to be a blowout series. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I'm not even going to turn the game on. Like, why? And then. All of a sudden, I saw on Twitter where everyone was like, oh, my gosh, they really did beat the Bucks," And I was like, oh, no, there's no way. And what? Like, I mean, again, I'm all for upsets. I'm all for the underdog. But at the same time, I'm, the Bucks just need to get it together. I mean, it's, they're not lacking anything at this point. They should not be struggling against the magic. Like, that's not a thing that should be happening in 2020. And we've had a lot of weird stuff happen, but that's not what should be <laughs> That's not the weird thing in 2020. Right, right. So, yeah, I would argue they are lacking something. It's called a playoff coach. Oh, yeah. Touche. Touche. But one thing I want to point out, this is the first time since 2003 that both A-seeds won the first game of the first round. Last time in the Eastern Conference, 2003 Magic, led by Tracy McGrady. And then it was the 2003 Suns led by Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, I think. And then at that time, it was still Stefan Marbury. I think it's funny when you look at the two Magic teams, like that 03 Magic team, you have Tracy McGrady, like superstar player. You think of just ultimate scorer. And then you see their big scorer on this Magic team is Vucevic, which no knock on him. But when you're comparing the talents that were leading the team, yeah. it's, it's a not big even difference. close. It's not even close. And even if you want to compare these two one seeds that took the first game this year, I would put Portland in that 2003 group. But I would not put this Orlando team on the same level as those oh, no. players. This Orlando like, team back then would have not. Because well, they were going against that Pistons team 
that won the next year. Yeah, yeah they're not going to beat that Pistons team. No. I am surprised with the Suns win because that was against San Antonio, who actually won the title that year. So tip your t- tip the hat off for the 2003 Suns, I guess. They didn't get it this year, but we can at least go back to past years. Um, well, I'm done with this Milwaukee-Orlando one because it bores me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it bores me. It's boring. It's so boring. It's not in, it's like I I tried to watch and I I do mean tried to watch yep. one of the games and I was just like I was so distracted. I was playing games in my phone. I was texting people. Like it was not it's not entertaining basketball. It's just it's not. Okay. Well, switch over to a little bit more. Granted this the the record doesn't show it. We have the uh, Pacers Miami series. We got Miami leading two nothing. Shay, you surprised with the two nothing lead by Miami, or is Indiana um, underplaying? No, I mean I think maybe Indiana's underplaying a little bit, but I'm not really surprised by this. I have watched a good amount of these games, and just Miami looks better. They are overall just a better team, and. I think I think the Pacers have potential for later on um, working together, maybe. But this is just not their year. They just they don't look as good. They look like they're not connected. While the Heat, despite Jimmy Butler being you know their newest addition, he just really looks like he's bringing that team together in a way that the Pacers cannot do. And so they, they're communicating a little bit better. They're passing a little bit better. They're just more connected. And, I mean, they've been decent games to watch. Um, but I'm not really surprised the Heat's ahead at all. Yeah, me and Jade, in past episodes, we've kind of compared Indiana in a similar situation as Dallas, where they got the young talent and everything. And, I mean, this young talent's able to take them to the playoffs. Right. Um, but there's some veteran pieces that they do need. Because you have Depot, which... He's coming back slowly, which has been mm-hmm. nice to see. Sabonis is out, which is a huge hit for them. Miles yeah. Turner, I do. he's still relatively young, and I think he's a very underrated player. He's one of the best shot blockers in the league, and he's got a nice three-point shot with it. Brogdon is one of the most well-rounded point guards in the league, too, and one of the most consistent. So, yeah, like Jade and I have said in the past, they're in the same situation as uh, Dallas, where almost there but give them about another two years and yeah. then they're be a threat with it um but since uh, i'll swing this back to you jade uh what's your take with miami taking that two lead two oh lead with it all yeah again i'm not surprised because i said that i think probably the only person in the playoffs that might want a final as much as dame is jimmy butler I, I feel like he is very misunderstood as an individual. We've talked about this. I know Taylor can't stand him. I actually really like him because I think we have a lot of personality traits in common. And so I think he just is, he's relishing this opportunity to be like, listen, like in the right situation, I'm as much an asset to a team as any other veteran in the league. All right. And so- he's getting that run right now. And even... But it's still interesting. Indiana is still interesting to me because these have still been competitive games even without Sabonis. So had he been available, I don't know if the Heat are up 2-0 right now. I oh, think I they think might that. be tied. I, so, it would be a, it'd be a tied series. 
it would be yeah. a tough challenge, though. So it's it's interesting from that perspective, but no, I'm not surprised under this this set of circumstances that Miami is where they are. Kind of flipped my tune towards Jimmy Butler a little bit now Ooh. that I'm seeing what a happy Jimmy Butler brings to the court, brings to a team. I like it. I've just dealt with an unhappy Jimmy Butler and an un- unhappy Jimmy Butler. Kind of a prick. But, well, I everybody's mean, kind of a happy, prick when they're unhappy. <laughs> well, exa- and that's what I was just about to say. Like, if you're not happy, yep, that's gonna you're gonna be like that. Yeah. So I've now it's not to- it's more I'm indifferent to him. I still don't really like him, but I'm indifferent. The guy's talented. He plays with heart, which I do love seeing a player. Like you said, there's the only player that might want this more is Damian Lillard. So I will, even though if Jimmy's listening to Hardcourt Honeys right now, I slightly apologize for what I have said. <laughs> I slightly I'm still not happy that. with things, how they ended. But if I gave Kevin Love forgiveness on how he left, I can mm. do it with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was only here for a year or two. So it's not like he had spent a lot of time with us and wasted our time. He got us to the playoffs, and then he bolted. Whatever. That's fine. But, okay. On to the next part. I got my Jimmy out with it. Okay, now we're going to one of the 3-0 matchups. Uh, Boston 76ers. Uh, jo- uh, Jade, how much of a disappointment is Joel Embiid right now? <laughs> I mean, none for me, because I don't like him. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is kind of just like, but, oh my goodness. I can't. Those games are so bad. They're so bad. And I understand they're missing Ben Simmons. But that's only so much. That's only so much. Well, and then Boston's missing Gordon Hayward. Right, but Gordon Hayward only has 22% usage. But he's one of the most efficient. (laughs) But he's been, right, he's extremely efficient. But at that usage, if you're going to talk about, like this was a team that was talked about as being top of the conference after last year. And they're not even going to get through the first round. But on the other side of that coin, of course, my interest in this series is because the Raptors are going to play whoever comes out of the series. And the fact that Boston struggled to put away the Sixers yesterday, even without Ben Simmons, even with them playing so poorly, I'm pretty happy to see that because Boston is supposed to be a big problem for the Raptors in the next round. And if they're having that much trouble putting down the Sixers as dysfunctional and shorthanded as they are, that gives me more confidence that the Raptors yep. are going to be able to handle them. But that was one game, and they blew them out in the second half. The first half, they only had Jason Tatum for eight minutes. And he is showing that he is going to be a great player in this league, even though he's even though he already is, but he is going to be he's reminding me of Paul George on the Indiana Pacers. Mm. That's what he's slightly reminding me of right now. Shay, what's your take with this Boston team with them? They're playing a good team ball with it while Philadelphia is just hoping Joel Embiid can do something. So what's what's your <laughs> Or everything. Your or everything, yeah. I mean I I've found myself watching the end of these games just because I'm interested in the game that's after. So I've, you know, been catching the end of these. And they're decent to watch just because they're on similar skill levels, which coming in, I I really didn't think that they would be because I thought the Celtics would dominate because of Embiid just looking horrible, Simmons 
not being there, they're questioning of, of what the future looks like for Philly, their coach, just the franchise. But it is kind of sad to see because I wanted the Celtics to be better and I wanted to see them really exceed here. And you're not, as Jade mentioned, like yesterday's game, they were struggling to beat Philly and Philly looks so sloppy. So I, I guess in some ways, at least it's like, tight games so they're interesting to watch in that sense because who knows maybe Philly will take one home but it shouldn't be like that and uh that's kind of sad but we'll see what happens next because maybe Hayward you know will come back and maybe he'll you know not have that issue with the pregnancy because they're talking about inducing his wife while he has a sprained ankle so that he won't be out again um so we'll see if that plays into it, I just think that's interesting because, like, like let the baby come when it feels like, not when Gordon Hayward has an ankle sprain. Good God. Right, exactly. Okay, so I'm totally on the other side of that. I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> In modern medicine, when you can control things, like, why be at mercy at, why, why should a woman be at mercy at, at the mercy of her body when medicine can do it safely? I get it. That does make sense. But... I just think they're like, they're like, it just so I'm like, oh, my husband's injured. Let's get this baby out of me now. I mean, I'm sure she already feels like that anyways. (laughs) Yeah, very true. This is also a guy saying it. So I really have no logical (laughs) input. I've never been pregnant. So everything (laughs) I say, everyone ignore it. Uh, (laughs) But okay, so we're getting off of this lame Sixers Boston matchup to the wonderful matchup that Jade's been waiting for, and we're saving it till the end, Toronto-Brooklyn. How easy has it been to watch this series for you, Jade? So I'm about to surprise you because I'm bored. Like, I want to see competitive basketball. I'm, I'm a fan of the game first. And no, 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 yeah, I get that, I get that. Too, it's been so easy that it's like, yeah, I'm happy they're winning it's exciting that they're up 3-0 in a playoff series for the first time in franchise history. Good chance they're going to sweep for the first time in franchise history. But you don't learn anything from games that easy, right? I want them to be prepared for whoever we're seeing in the next round and the right. round after that. And I don't feel like this series is doing a ton to help with that. Considering the makeup of your squad, though, how much learning do they need to have? There it depends. A- I think it really depends on the opposing coach. I don't think we're going to have to have that much when it comes to Coach Budenholzer, but if we have to see Brad Stevens next round. Mm, yeah, That's I what think I was about to say. Are you threatened more of the Boston squad or Brad Stevens as a coach? Brad Stevens, for sure. That's what I was going to Brad Stevens has a really good next man up mentality. Which is exactly our thing, too. So Yeah, exactly. So I think it's going to be hard. I think this is a really good matchup. I say within the next few years, I see Brad Stevens with a coach of the year thing. We're going to get to that that quote first in one moment. I'm just going to ask Shay what her take is with this Toronto-Brooklyn team. Were you thinking, Shay, that Brooklyn was maybe able to put up a little bit more of a fight or just the way that they've had injuries and everything, players opting out? Is this no surprise? I thought that they would pull one, but I knew that they would struggle. I just didn't know that they would struggle this much. But yeah, I, I'm i kind of with Jade. I mean, 
even though I am a little surprised because she's a Raptors fan, but at least with the OKC Houston games, I can say that they've been good games to watch because it is competitive basketball because no one wants a blowout in the third quarter, fourth quarter where you're not like as stressful as games are when they're tight, at least it keeps you engaged the whole time. So I don't know. I, I, have personally been kind of skipping I skipped the last game and I think I turned off the first one kind of early because I was like oh okay Raptors are great and I'm happy they're gonna make it to the next round but I don't really need to watch these yeah, yeah. See, so I do I do live post game shows with the Raptor Queens <gasps> pod true and so like I don't even have the luxury like I'm watching the game trying to be like okay what am I going to talk about and usually we rotate out but two of our former members are in BC so they haven't even been able to see the games live because they're working. Because we've had all afternoon games. So it's been the two of us that are here on the West Coast that have been doing the post game. So it's like, I can't properly zone out and just like check in on this game every 20 minutes or so. Because I have to have something to say for the post game show. So yep. it's like, I have to force myself to pay attention to a game that I would kind of dial in my focus otherwise. Right. Okay. Well, since we're on the topic of raptors jade there's some pretty big news for you guys and what's that news nick nurse is coach of the year i'm so excited i'm not gonna say too much because i got into my reasons why this was the right decision last week i'm just gonna kind of say you know what once in a while the media gets it right and this was one of those times what did he win it last year who won it last year um who did he wasn't him it was Boonholzer. It was Boonholzer, yeah. Um, but that's should, three. That's two coach of the years in three seasons for the Raptors. Right. That's what I was just about to say. Should before. Nurse have won it last year? Um, I don't think so. Because I know the coach of the year is a regular season thing, but... Yeah, I was okay with Coach Bud getting it last year because... Giannis wasn't the MVP. That was his MVP season. And I think some some credit has to go to a coach for a first-year MVP making it to that point. Um, they had the best record. Like, I think, I think that was the right choice. They didn't have... It would be the same argument that I have why Coach Boonholzer shouldn't have got it this year, which is he had a superstar to play with all year. Nick Nurse had the superstar to play with last year. So I think that was... I was fine with, with that. Coach by yeah. Okay, okay. I just wanted to hear your take with that one because I know last year, at least when I saw it, I was those all all the coaches that got nominated last year. I was like, yeah, I can see them winning it. I mm. can see it. So, okay, that was just my curiosity with that, and I wanted to be able to give you a little time to do a little happy jig for Nick Nurse winning it. Um, all right, black people don't jig, Taylor. <laughs> What do they do then? We groove. We groove. My bad. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So one thing that we want to get, I also want to mention, there's been some big injuries that have happened. So we got Doncic last night with a oofda of a sprained ankle. Oh, my gosh. How many uh, times did they have to show it? Show it. Oh, my God. I I hate injuries like that. They're like, oh, that's a horrible injury. Let's put it on replay again. Especially as people who have done that playing basketball. Like, 
you feel it. My whole body was like nails on a chalkboard. That was the feeling. And then after the second time, I was like, no, like I cannot watch it again. Every time they showed it after that, I couldn't look. I couldn't look. I've had three sprained ankles at that like grade three level. And just watching that, like my ankle started tingling. I was like, oh man, that sucks. And then Lillard with his dislocated (gasps) finger. And talk about how they kept showing the finger dislocated. I was like, can they not do this? It was so gross. A dislocation is one of the grossest things when it comes to injuries, I think, that you could see. Because you just see the body part just hanging there. Yeah. And then then we have Gordon Hayward (laughs) with another horrible ankle sprain. So we got those three key players out. Shea, out of those three. James not out. He's playing. He's questioned. He wants to, but he's still. Okay, so. But all of them have injuries that can cause some serious changes to their game. How about put it that way? Yeah. Um, Out of those three, Shea, who is more important to that squad, their squad? I know you could probably take out Hayward for now, but that's what I was gonna say. But say later series, it comes down to Luca and Dame, which is hard because they both play such a key factor. But part of me wants to say if if Damian Lillard cannot play, the difference is the Mavs at least have Porzingis, who is he can get points behind the arc, while with Damian Lillard out, I don't know if Portland can quite score enough to to get over that Lakers pride that I mentioned so that's my only concern is because I think the Mavs have that young talent but I don't know but it's hard because at the same time like Luca is so vital to that Mavs like temperament and their young aggression and everything that I have really been enjoying watching so I don't know that is I might see Damian Lillard but at the same time I don't know, like, is is that going to affect his three-point shooting to where even if he plays with it, you know? I, it's a big question. That, that's See, why I, I asked. Um. I have the same toss-up, but I lean the other way. I think I would have to say that you've got C.J. McCollum, Nurkic, Mello doing mellow things. I think the Play Blazers... Play yeah, I think the Blazers might have a better chance just because it's not just points with Luka. And it's not just mentality either. It's assists, right? Like that that kid sees the floor like nobody else in the NBA right now. And he always is making the right move. He's starting to show how he has more experience than any other second year player in the NBA has ever had in real basketball with real grown men. Like he's got that. And it's that situation where it's like they're it's, they do get, a, as much as I think they need one more true NBA veteran, there's experience from him that nobody else on that team, literally nobody else on that team has. Maybe Boban a little yeah. bit, but not yeah. at that level. Exactly. Right? So I think he's kind of like the mad secret sauce. I don't know. I don't know if he, if he only misses one game, I think they might still be able to make a go of it, but if he misses two. One thing, how I always talk, I'll point out how long Luca has been playing professional ball. I think it was 2K16 was they started introducing international squads. Luca was on, on one it. of the international teams. 
Yeah. He was, though, like, rated one of the worst players on the entire game. Was that but, accurate, though? I mean, he's 16 at the time, playing professional basketball. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that was probably a, a close to an accurate number with it. Because he wasn't, like, a starter at that point in, like, in the game. Like, he was, like, a backup bench player. Okay. So... But it's just but funny with how within, it, which is the point. Within four or five years, he's gone from like the worst player on the video game of they don't even have a real picture of him. It's just like the video game character of him to now <laughs> he's rated ninety seven out of ninety nine on two K and he's borderline a cheat code. So say with the, I, I'm curious though because with Hayward, say for this first round it doesn't really matter. That second round since. Toronto, Jade, as you know, is such a well-rounded defensive team. One thing the Celtics always have is they have a guy that can go off. You got Kemba, you got Jalen Brown, you got Tatum, and then always having Hayward is always that secret weapon of theirs. Can if if Hayward comes back healthy, Jade, can Toronto keep control all four of those players, or is there going to be a night where two of them are still going to go off and it's going to cause issues? Oh, there's definitely going to be those nights. Like, I think I have this series going to seven. Got it to seven? Okay, I was Boston just Boston is not going to be an easy out. Whether Hayward... I don't think they're going to be an easy out whether Hayward's available or not. Okay. Because, like, I guess, you, like you said, it's the it's the Brad Stevens effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be... Like, that series is going to be an epic chess match between Brad Stevens and Nick Nurse. It's going to be brilliant. It's like when we like when you would watch a Phil Jackson Lakers team versus a Greg Popovich Spurs yeah, team Spurs, in their prime. Yeah. It was like, no, this is probably arguably the best matchup coaching-wise that you can get in the league. Yeah. And right now this Eastern Conference, that Eastern Conference matchup with Brad Stevens and Nurse, that is probably the best head-to-head matchup coach-wise. That we might see in the playoffs in general. I'm looking at the other teams. Yeah, that probably when it comes to coaching wise, that's the best matchup. Like this feels like another situation where it's the semifinals that's going to be the biggest hurdle for the Raptors to get to the finals. Mm-hmm. I, I, like I feel like the the Boston is is going to be a harder series than the Bucks. Yeah, because with the Bucks, I mean, yes, Giannis is great, but you have like, you always love OG. He can do the outside. And then you have Marcus Gasol and uh, Serge Ibaka, who are some of the best help-defending big men in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. on top of that, like, there was a quote I saw. I don't know if you sent it to me or somebody else. An anonymous assistant coach uh, was quoted as saying, I'm paraphrasing, but the Raptors use so many effing def- they use like 20 different effing defensive schemes it's impossible to like keep up with it so like even outside of the individual accolades there are on the team as far as defense their team defense like when a team can switch between zone and man to man seamlessly in the same defensive trip that's hard it's hard to do and it's hard to mm-hmm. i would rather have the best team defense instead of the best defensive player in the league. Okay, so we got our breakdowns and our takes from the first week of it all. I think now at this point we just swing it over to the um, to the fast break. But first, our fast break today is sponsored by PropMe. So PropMe is a social wagering platform 
catered to the everyday sports fans. It has a peer-to-peer betting marketplace for social wagering. It's an all-sports betting platform, including eSports, a company that leads in social wagering innovation. Join PropMe on the Google Play Store or Apple App Store. Sign up and join the movement like we have. Okay, so fast break questions. First one, Jade. So Nick's landed the eighth seed for, or the eighth <laughs> pick for the draft this year. How Sorry. hard did you laugh when you heard that oh, situation? Oh my gosh. I Like, oh, it feels right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I understand that the lottery... Move. Exactly. I understand that the lottery is designed so that the worst teams have a better chance of getting the first seed. But it's still a lottery, so it's not guaranteed. And I love that the Knicks didn't get it. I love it. It makes me so happy. Like, let's not ruin another player. Let's not make another player like Porzingis get to start his career and then be traded prematurely for no reason because they're so incompetent like let's spare somebody let's spare another another number one seed that fate so i'll swing that over to you shay how hard did you laugh when you saw the knicks totally pull a knicks move in the draft oh my gosh i mean it's so great i love ironic humor and that is (laughs) that right there because they're the thing about the knicks is it's not even the lower management, it is the upper management. And until that is fixed, you're, like Jade said, you're just going to keep ruining players at the beginning where they're not going to have the same basis that you're seeing some of these other newer players get. And I'm just really happy they're not going to ruin anyone else. So that's nice. They have Tom Thibodeau to ruin everyone. Mm, Um, All their young young players' early career, their knees are shot. Okay, so... Second question I got, Shay, is Gordon Hayward a Celtic next season? I want to say yes, just because I don't know. Like, I, I don't know why, but it just feels like a yes. <laughs> I really I, don't have a ton other than the fact that he is really good efficiency and he has been there. He seems like an established part of the team. So, yeah, sure. It's just because I know Danny Ainge, I swear, no player is ever safe for him. Yes. Which that would be one of the worst feelings to be a Celtic player, being like, man, my my president is so good at his job, I'm scared of my job. Right. So, um, Jade, I'm going to swing that to you. Uh, Gordon Hayward, Celtic next season or not? We seeing him in we're, different colors. So we're talking about a trade, right? He's not a free agent. He's not free agent. No. Uh. Right. It yeah. Wouldn't surprise me either way. It would, I think it's going to depend a lot on how they do. Mm-hmm. I think from a realistic standpoint as the front office, I think you're happy to get through the first round and to make it a difficult second round. But I don't think as an organization you expect to get to the conference finals this year. Um, I think if he does not come back, I think there's more of a case that he stays because I think they're going to be I think they're going to miss him more. They're going to miss his production more depending on how things kind of play out. I think they they might be missing it a little bit against Philly right now. So it's a little bit of that you notice sometimes more what you're missing. So I think if he ends up being out for more games than less, I think his value is going to be more obvious. And that means it's more likely that he's... So essentially you're saying you kind of hope this injury takes him out a little bit longer than it needs to? I mean, so. if he wants to stay in Boston, yeah. If he wants to leave, then 
take his time. Okay. Mm. Okay. And then I'm going to add a quick fourth one. So out of watching all the injuries of like Luca, Doncic, and Lillard, um, Jade, which one was the roughest one to watch? Definitely Luca, but that's probably because I like him better. Okay. Um, Shay, which one was the worst to watch for you? It was definitely that Damian Lillard. I That finger dislocation, just because I can't imagine how much pain and you can't avoid it. I and don't even also, really like Damian Lillard, but that definitely... Well, and then the thing is that you just see them pop it back in. Exactly. That's the other thing. It's not like something like it's pretty much like, oh, no, this hurts a lot, but we can fix it right away. It's still going to be a bitch afterwards. But it actually dislocations actually hurt significantly less as soon as they're popped back in. Yeah, I, my shoulder, I've had bad shoulder problems. And so like when I play basketball and I haven't worked out in a while, like when I'll try to like reach out and like go for a steal. I'll pop my shoulder out all the time and then I'll just like shimmy it up and it'll pop back in. But most of the time, like you guys, I'm done. My shoulder's shot. <laughs> I can't do anything with it. It's dead. Okay. And then last question of the day. So we, last night they mentioned on the uh, broadcast, uh, Seth Curry is married to Doc Rivers' daughter. This upcoming holiday season, who's cutting the turkey, Jade? Uh... Doc or Seth? <laughs> Who? Who are my options? Doc or Seth Curry? <laughs> Who's cutting the turkey? Doc or Seth? I think it depends who wins the series. <laughs> How awkward I would that be if Seth won and he's doing it for Doc? Like, gotcha. Like... <laughs> this would be the best turkey if, ever. If Doc, if that's like an honor, then it's whoever wins the series. If it's like a punishment, it's whoever loses the series. Okay, okay. Um, and so I'll swing this over to you, Shay. Um, who's cutting the turkey? Doc I say I say it's Doc, only because I imagine, you know how he has, like, really sad puppy dog eyes? <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine it while he's cutting, just, like, like looking. No matter what the, the turnout of this series is, it's just, like, staring Seth down, not even looking at the turkey, just, like, with the knife cutting in, with those really sad eyes. And then when he's... Se- opens his mouth to say something his voice is just gone so we don't know what he says that's what i imagine no (laughs) also can we just talk for a minute about how much of a professional doc rivers is to be coaching paul george right now i know like holy crap well because when paul george came over to okc i did like a deep dive into all of his personal life because there's so much he is not just a drama queen on, cause he's very emotional on the court, but he's a drama queen on social media. So all of his stuff is always documented on social media way back, even from when he was dating like Callie Rivers. So I went back and played like social media sleuth and I found all the pictures and all the receipts from everything, including when his now baby mama Daniela, who I follow on Instagram, I actually think she's pretty cool. But um, she sued Paul George and all of that. And now they're together and they have another kid and it seems to be fine and working out dandy. But it's a great story. And if people have not heard like and done their own social media thing, I will let you know that there's a lot of info out there and it makes you feel very fulfilled when you find it all. So I recommend it. It's a good one. Okay, just a little side note. I just got a report I'm seeing. Um, so 
uh, Luca saying, stop flopping, big man, to Montrez Harrell. And then uh, not safe for work comment coming at you. Um, Harrell called him a bitch-ass white boy. Oh, shots fired. So quick question on that one. Um, do we see a do we see a fine? Do we see a suspension? Do we see anything from this? Well, Luca already got teed up. So you're talking about Harold, right? Yeah, I'm talking about. Well, Harold got teed up too. This is right. a total side thing but, of him calling him out like that. Do we see any ramification for that? Just be considering of all the social justice that's getting involved with the world right now. Is or that is what Harold just... said during the game, or did he say this after? Is that what during he got the teed game. up for? Okay. From what I'm saying, it's dur- seeing it's during the game in that heated exchange. I don't think anything more will come. Nothing will come of that. that. I, I want to say the same. I mean, he could have said a lot worse, to be honest. <laughs> oh, he definitely could. Definitely could. Um, I just I just thought it was funny because the also the place that I'm seeing a couple different reports, but the first uh, report I'm seeing it on is on a page called the White Stephen A. Smith. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I so, will yeah, say that, this. It wasn't I, the first spot I've seen it, but I'm just seeing a bunch of stuff popping up, and I'm seeing a bunch of pages, like, quoting it. And, yeah, that was the first one that caught my eye was that one. So, okay. I will so, say this. Um, I think I think Montrez seemed to say white boy to me, that says more of the fact that he knows Luca is not playing. Like he knows he's the real deal. Oh yeah. You can't play. You can't play in the league with him for two years. You can't play against him in in these couple of games in the series and not know. So I think it was just kind of that thing that popped into his head because he had to say something. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's a little bit telling that he picked those words because I I, I would be confident that that's not really how he feels about it. Oh, no. I, I, I like Harold as a player, and he's a pretty good dude, too. So I'm thinking it was just the heat of the moment and yeah, then right. that also Luca called him out. I would like to think that right now, and I'm going to tell myself that until more evidence comes up. But yeah. Um, okay, so I just wanted to do that. Also, I want to do a side shout out for myself and my Timberwolves getting that number one overall pick. And Woo-hoo! honestly, I don't care what they do with it because right now, like all these, unless they totally drop the ball with it, but Rosa's has proven that that's not his game plan. Um, I don't care if we keep the pick and draft, uh, Anthony Edwards. Cause that's, that's the name that we're probably going to be focused around. Granted, I don't know enough about college players. So that's just the one I've been seeing spoke about the most. But there's been a couple trade rumors going around where we could go for Beal. Because Beal's trying to... Washington is secretly shopping Beal. And if they can get a number one overall Worst pick for Worst secret in the NBA. Yes, yeah. it is. Um, then uh, even though the, like, the Suns one might be a little bit out of reach, considering they went 8-0. If they would have went like 1-7, 2-6, I think this trade would have been a little bit more realistic. Um, but I'm not seeing it too much anymore. Uh, another one that I'm actually kind of curious with is Ben Simmons. Yeah. Because like that, the thing is with Booker and Simmons have friendship relationships with both D'Angelo Russell and Kevin, I mean, not Kevin, Carl Anthony Towns. So having that already like friendships there. And I think Simmons is looking for a new start. 
And I think a smaller market team like this mm. would help him out because he's not as outgoing of a personality as like Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid kind of fits the 70s, like the Philadelphia vibe more so mm. than Simmons does. But those are my kind of things. But one thing I said right when we got it, with great power comes great responsibilities. So, I mean, the last first overall pick we got was Cat, and he's been doing pretty well for us. So, but yeah, that's just my little side segment for the Timberwolves. I want to get that out of the way. Okay, we got fast break. We got our chats in. Nick Nurse, congratulations on that. Timberwolves, congratulations on that. Um, Jade, Shay, do you guys have any final remarks you have before we do a little sign-off for the day? I think I'm, that's it. We covered a lot today. Yeah, we. and thank you listeners for also uh, sticking through the long episodes now. We just, we just keep on going with it. It's too simple for us to talk. Uh, <laughs> Jade, do you have anything to say? Do you got a We the North comment or anything? No, not yet. Maybe not around yet, two. Nothing like that? Okay. Yeah. Well... We're ready for more basketball today. I'm about to turn it on. Enjoy some of that. Uh, And then so from all of us at Hardcourt Honeys, adios, amigas y amigos. Bye-bye. Bye.